without me knowing the data Listening to Think. It's like think, but with an M instead of an N. That's why it's Think and not Think. It's an educationalist podcast, a podcast where we pick a new topic every week to try to learn about, but nobody learns a thing. I'm your nobody learns a thing. <laughs> nobody learns a thing. I'm your co-host Paul Vine. Uh, I'm your co-host Nicholas Real. I am I. Am I under arrest? Do I legally have to divulge my information? Well, uh, let's, let's just put it this way. I'm returning, returning champion. I, I'm the mystery guest, John Massey. Yeah, th- three-time returning champion. <laughs> three-time returning. I, I think it's three. Do you it's, guys know about sleep paralysis? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
I mean, you know about it, right? Yeah. You ever had it happen? Once. I li- Did you I, have the spooky shit happen? I, so I listened to... I got into, when I was still living in my parents' basement, I got into like listening to like weird audio track stuff. Did you do the Lucid as- Dreaming series? Kind or? of stuff, yeah. Oh, whoa. Wait, Where, what is this? Um, there was something I remember when I was younger. People got really obsessed with... Um, Lucid dreaming. Like listening to th- I remember there were like the uh the noises you were supposed to listen to to get you high. Do you remember those? Oh, it was almost oh. yeah, it was almost like an it's like a proto AMSR, uh, ASMR. Yeah, it was thing. like bi- oh, binaural shit. beats, I think they yeah. were called. Yeah, and you'd listen to it and you were supposed to like feel weird and I never fucking worked. But all my friends that got really into that wound up getting into like this series of of lucid dreamings uh, mm-hmm. of like tapes or recordings where it was basically like a dreaming walkthrough. Of you'd put it on as you were falling asleep, and then they would guide you. It was supposed to be like uh, certain like words breath, and phrases yeah, or that, breath would, exercises. Yeah, oh, cool. that would help you sleep. And then once it was the amount of time that you fell asleep, it would start making you aware that you were in a dream. And sometimes it would, like I think, guide you to try and do a specific dream. Mm-hmm. And then other times, it would just be like, you know, realize that you're asleep and now you're in control. Yeah. The only, that never, I never did that. What I did instead was I would wake up early on Saturday mornings. And Not watch early. And then I would turn the Pokemon. TV on and for an hour, uh, Scrubs would be playing. There'd be two episodes of Scrubs and then I'd go back to sleep. And then I would have these dreams. Uh, and then I would wake up, rewind, because I had like a DVR, rewind about an hour, and then rewatch the episodes of Scrubs, and it would help me remember my dream. Or I'd see like, oh, I remember Whoa. like that phrase that like someone said to me in my dream, and it was yeah. a bit of dialogue from the show. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool little dream experiment. But yeah, I did the binaural beats thing, and I had like one night where like one of the things that said was like, it really works when like you are tired, but what you do is you like fall asleep and you just like breathe in a certain way yeah and focus on like trying to stay awake but like relaxing your body and your body will just kind of like fall asleep but your mind won't or whatever yeah and i was like oh this is a bunch of bullshit and there was one time where it definitely worked and i definitely had like that like sleep paralysis shit of like mm-hmm. oh there is uh there is something in my room yeah and oh, really? i am yeah that like the binaural beats set that off like the the whole the process. idea the idea yeah. of your your body falls asleep but your mind yeah. doesn't it definitely did that and and like I did wind up having some level of like lucid dream yeah. I don't remember what it is now because that was like ten years ago yeah. but so every time I've had sleep paralysis it was always every time I had uh, sleep paralysis it was always preceded by a lucid dream oh, and it's really? usually and what it feels like is like. You realize you're dreaming. And you panic and you like wake up. Or like you try to do some cool shit because you're dreaming and then yeah. it's immediately your mind is kind of already waking up yeah. because of that. Okay. Yeah. For, yeah, for me, I would oh, have like, I, see. I would right. have almost and like an anxiety you attack. Two, period, but you're yeah. in this weird. Yeah, your body can't move. Yeah. Sleep and wakefulness. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was like I literally would like, anytime I was real heavy into the lucid dreaming thing, I would like get to a point where like I become aware of the fact that I'm dreaming and I get 
I, it's like I would get super excited about the fact that, oh man, you I'm lucid like dreaming. Cool I wouldn't even be able dam. to do that. I, I would like, I would surrounded just surrounded by shadow people. Yeah, it's just like, like you know how people just get excited and then vomit. It's like that, yeah. Yeah. but but instead of vomiting, <laughs> I would just like, yeah, I, I would wake that. wake yeah. up and I'd just be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like I had it. Um, That's my my greatest fear, man, is to have one of those scenarios where you like, where there's like something in your room mm-hmm. and you're like awake but you can't move or you feel like you're awake but you're you're kind of dreaming you should see hereditary so you've never experienced you've never i've never experienced sleep paralysis i've never um i've never really had a lucid dream in that like i've whenever i become aware that i'm dreaming and uh, and i know the move is and i've never never used this is that you're supposed to like pinch your nose in the dream and then if you can still breathe through it then you're aware that oh, you're in a dream. I, I always, I always heard count your fingers, like, like yeah. just get into the habit of counting your fingers throughout the day, because like it's the kind of thing where like in a dream you yeah. will not have five fingers. Really? So, yeah. Or, huh. or, or, or like that's the kind of thing that will happen in a dream. It's like dream logic, just like oh, you got six. Yeah, sure. You have as many fingers as like yeah. as your brain is thinking of at yeah. the time. It's that scene from Bruce Almighty. Yeah. In that regard, Inception kind of really screws the pooch in terms of like those dreams could be much weirder y'all could go be going buck wild with those dreams <laughs> it would be actually i would love to i mean have you seen paprika nah. oh man we should watch I also paprika. Seen that. what the fuck it's so good yeah it is it is satoshi kon uh who's like this uh famous uh japanese like director animator uh he did perfect blue millennium actress he did a show called paranoia agent he did paprika uh, he's like obsessed with this idea of like kind of like what's what's real and what's not real. Yeah. There's this like border between dreams and reality. And yeah. Paprika kind of basically does a lot of the same stuff that Inception does to the point that like when Inception came out, oh, a lot I'm of people were like about complaining yeah, about yeah. like, oh, Christopher Nolan just ripped off. Well, it's a this it's fertile ground popular know. film, but it's very good. Yeah, I was wow. thinking about. My favorite book is The Unconsoled, which is a book that is like written, you know, like written like a narrative, but things happen according to dream logic, which I always found super cool. But um, I have my bass teacher in college uh, once broke his arm or something, did, did something debilitating. And during the period of recovery, he like learned to lucid dream and claims that he like began to practice in lucid dreams, began to practice bass. Really? And like when he got, when he like started being able to play again, he said that he was fine, that like the practice had worked. Yeah. Which is a, that's, that's a that's wild, wild thought. I feel like, and uh, so much of that is also, or like the idea of dream logic and lucid dreaming is also a big theme in like David Lynch's work. Yeah. I think all good, like quote unquote, and if I can get really on my bullshit, quote unquote, like weird fiction. Yeah. Uh, uses dream techniques to a certain extent i actually uh the new twin peaks series yeah um it ends in a way that's very unsatisfying but is very uh like dream logic based yeah I, I don't, and, I, it ends with well you know uh, i mean dale cooper and aubrey horn getting married and I having think a no lot of well the, the fucking like have you seen the first two seasons at all i've seen the first season and okay like, so the bonkers episodes. thing about the revival is that um like uh audrey horn's only in it for probably a combined 10 minutes and her plot line doesn't make any sense i mean it's effect it's her dreaming like her plot line ends with her waking up from a dream in a brightly lit white room and like 
exasperated. And that's the last time you see her, and that's midway through the final season. And um, the episode effectively, like, a recurring thing in that is um, the idea that this is all a dream, or it's all a dream, but who is the dreamer? Mm-hmm. Is like the uh, a big theme for the end of it, but the final episode is effectively like it either acknowledges that everything else is a dream or it is an uh, its own dream or it's a dream within a dream or it's a concurrent dream. But I um, it, it all ends, takes place in the mind of that kid from Saint Elsewhere. It's kind of like playing into that because it's also like on uh, uh, the thought of it being a TV series. That, like, TV series are, like, dreams in the collective mind of the audience. Anyway, uh, the way it ends is very unsatisfying. Uh, I, when the final two episodes aired together, and then uh, Sammy and Michael, we all watched it. Like, me and Sammy made a pie, and it finally finished after the first episode. We were all, like, so happy, drinking coffee, eating pie, and Sam was like, I'm going to stay up all night. And even though I have to, like, work at 7, like, I'm so excited. And then we watched the final episode... And we all were so depressed afterwards. Yeah. Like, uh, we uh, just, she went home and like Michael went to bed and then I spent like the next five hours rewatching the series to understand what was like going on or what the implication was uh, of the ending. And it that's, was. That's the mark of a good ending. It wasn't, yeah. It's not satisfying, but it's like so painful that it's, I think, effective art. And the thing, one of the things that's really cool about it is that there's a scene in the final episode where uh, two characters are driving down a road, and the dialogue they have is like, are you sure you want to do this? Because after this, everything will change. And they're like, yeah, I want to do it. And then they start driving. And then my TV froze and turned off. Like, 12 minutes into the episode. Whoa. And we all just stared at each other, and we're like, what the fuck? Whoa. And then we're like, oh, like that's not TV messed up. Yeah. So uh, we <laughs> but... t- we turned it back on, and then literally the la- the frame it paused at was the last frame of this certain like dream or world, and immediately after that, like the lighting is different, the characters suddenly have different names, um, the tone is completely different, like they effectively enter another world, and it just like yeah it it was so weird that the tv turned off like during that but like 3 weeks before the final two episodes aired i had been like reading so much about it that i actually had a dream of an episode of twin peaks like i had a dream mm-hmm. of the finale oh cool and i like forgot it immediately but i remember loving it like i had a full length dream of the final thing and i don't it it was like completely satisfying in the exact opposite way that the actual ending wasn't. Yeah. Like I dreamed a continuation of the rest of the season that in satisfyingly that like the actual season flatly rejected. Right. Like almost in a way that and this is too like fucking out there. But I want to think like David Lynch planted like little things that could like stimulate the mind of like having dreams. Like that kind of idea of like the guided dream of stuff you listen to, but that David no Lynch way. made you dream thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there were like little ideas. I, I have never seen Twin Peaks, but I, I haven't seen the new season. I I feel bad because I I have this thing with with like movies where like if I see something really gory or really like body horror, yeah, I I will like have a panic attack. Like not like a, not like like a real ass medical one. Yeah, like can't function like my my 
brain and body shut down. It's really fucked up. So I can't like, I'm not going to be able to watch the new season of Twin Peaks. So I will never watch yeah. the show. You know, and the new season is totally completely different. That's what from I've the heard, original, which is a thing that I'm super into. But at the same time, I can I can respect like a piece of art that like does that. I don't know. I kind of like body horror shit because it, it it bothers me. It's the only thing that actually bothers me. Like I can taste blood in my mouth and all my joints ache when I watch something that's like like I watched Tetsuo the Iron Man, and I don't know if I was like clenching my body the entire entire time or what. But, like, my knees hurt so bad. I adjusted my posture. There's, like, my see, back hurts so weird. bad. I mean, in a book, fine. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. But for some reason, like, seeing an image of shit like that, I, was I, just, I just have an animal reading, reaction. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing I can control about it. I was reading a, a blog today that was between two, like, trans, um, like... I, I I don't know what they they do. They're in the process of writing a book, and this book and in the, in the, the kind of the the process of them developing the ideas for this book that they want to do. They were having these conversations about film, and specifically, like they brought up Hereditary. Yeah. Did you see that? I have not seen Hereditary. No. I haven't okay. Seen well, they but they look at Hereditary um, yeah. through. I almost saw Hereditary and saw fucking Tag instead, which is about a group of man, grown men. You saw Tag, tag instead of Hereditary. Yeah. yeah, you fucked up. It was on a date, and she wanted. Hereditary to see, is a better date. She didn't want to see Hereditary. Anyway, um, but they talk about Hereditary and um, specifically from this idea of like it being a a trans horror story in the same way that like. Something like uh, they they talk about under the skin with yeah. Scarlett Johansson hmm. being being uh, not textually that way, but like subtextually you could read into it. Um, and do they discuss like the Silence of the Lambs, in which like the main bad guy is this character who is like they say is a transvestite because it's it's fucking ninety nine ninety one yeah or ninety two or whatever. Um, but at the same time, also, like, um, they kind of push back in some ways against that. And they talk specifically about how that film, despite being this awful thing in the long run because the audience didn't quite get it, like, the director and the writers didn't actually make this character a bad character. Mm-hmm. Like, this this person is a, a tortured person. There's, like, a scene specifically where James Gum is, like... Yells yells at the woman that he's keeping in like the the um, the well like you don't know what pain is mm-hmm. or whatever and they said like as trans like both trans people one trans man uh, one trans woman like that scene resonated with them in a way of this like this like dys- dysphoria uh, um, that they experience and that was like really kind of interesting um, and they they specifically bring up like body horror being a thing about that like body horror films and and horror films in general are like the only times that the mainstream even gets close to experiencing or actually like engaging Mm -hmm. with these concepts yeah the idea of like because what body horror forces you to do is something that like a cis person never has to do which is think actively about their body and the fact that they're inhabiting a body yeah you know and that's a thing that is horrifying if you begin to think about that at any level at all, you know, it's just literally, like, pardon the term, it's, like, paralyzingly 
horrifying oh, to that's, think about. Yeah, part of the reason that uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man bothered me so much is that the opening scene is like uh, a guy slicing his uh, thigh open, sticking a metal rod in there, wrapping it back up, and then when he it like cuts, and then when he unwraps it, it's filled with maggots. And um, the entire time, like it's about like metal parts appearing and like growing out of a person. And I just like it, I had two metal rods in my back and like a bunch of screws and wire. So I just kept like thinking about like what that looks like inside of me, you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. and and really feeling it. And that yeah, got See, that's to the thing. Me. I don't know. I I mean I think that shit is really cool. But if I like watched it, yeah. if I watch, I mean, it's not a. I don't have any. It's weird. I don't have any control over it. You know, it's like a thing where like if I see something like that, I'll just. I mean, it's what yeah. gets, it's what gets me about like nail stuff. Yeah. Or tooth tooth stuff with that kind of thing is yeah. like really just yeah, it's just like, bam! I'm like a frightened cat, you know. Yeah. But what what I meant to say is that I feel like the show that. I'm really into this writer named Robert Aikman who does a lot of weird dream logic-y stuff. And the show that does that the best to me is The Leftovers. Is a show that I feel like operates really well on dream logic, but in a very, like... The way that dreams feel logical when you're in them is the way The Leftovers feels. Like, everything that's happening feels really natural, but it's completely buck wild. But it's just like, oh, this is the thing that they're doing now. you know. Right, and then there's, there's times where it even challenges that directly in like the second and third season or whatever but like yeah yeah it 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 does the thing which i feel like dreams do that a lot of dreamlike art doesn't do effectively which is present itself as being completely real of like not call into not like not break the fourth wall at all yeah never be like this is so weird right it's like no it's just this is normal would you say that's more um is that more so in the what are there three seasons? Yeah, yeah. In the latter seasons, the the second season begins to get to that level. In particular, there's an episode. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's an episode called International Assassin where the show literally lifts off into okay. a whole different yeah. zone. I never watched it because did I tell you how I fucked up? You, you watch the last episode? Yeah, I used it. It's when uh, you fuck, didn't you do this with Game of Thrones too? No, I didn't do it with Game of Thrones. Jeff did it with yeah. Game of Thrones. I wish I could have actually the experience of watching that show for the first time, having only seen the last episode. It was uh, no, I watched the last episode of the first season. Oh, oh yeah, you're so, fine. Yeah, no, Dude, I still it's a different show. Yeah, I that's still need baby to watch shit, it. man. But yeah. it was so inner. Like I should. It's just that thing. I'm not sure if I want to actually watch the first season now that I know how it plays out. The first season has a lot of really cool moments. Okay. There, there's specifically it, an episode with Christopher Eccleston I, that is like at the end of the first season. I'm like, this is maybe one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. And then like it kept going and got better. It's it's crazy though the experience of just like watching the final episode was really interesting yeah. because I, I I genuinely watched it thinking it was the first episode. Yeah. So yeah. and I loved it. Like I was impressed with the show that thinking that was the first episode. That they don't give you any backstory. They don't okay. spend any time and, introducing characters. And the way that, that feels is the way that the show actually gets in the third okay. season. So maybe it's like, you should just never watch the first season. You could you could you could have a coherent viewing experience with that show if you started at season two, episode one. But you should watch the first season because there's a scene where Carrie Coon says like, "Oh, oh fuck, fuck your daughter. daughter!" 
<laughs> and it's so good. I mean, it's not. It doesn't. It's not an explicit thing, but yeah. like Justin Theroux's character is like, well, I gotta watch my daughter, and Carrie Coon's just like, oh fuck your daughter. You know, it's so. It's really worth watching. There's a there's a Carrie Coon episode in the first season and a Christopher Eggleston in the episode in the first season that are like, like the best acted shit you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, it's it's, really it's a super good show and it and like it's a show that is so good that it fucking infuriates me that everyone only wants to watch like talk about Game of Thrones because mm-hmm. like, and I talk to Sarah about this all the time. Like Game of Thrones is fine. Like it it I guess, a lot of Game uh, of Thrones is basically. That some dude gets his skull split open, right? And, like, his brain splits into... That's the plot of Game of Thrones, I mean, right? the plot of Game of Thrones... What is that, actually? That's the thing from Game of Thrones, right? No. Mm, uh, that's a thing that hap- definitely happens open. in Game of Thrones. It's yeah. not... The thing about Game of Thrones is that, like, everything but the story and the acting is, like, pretty good. Like, yeah. like, like the budget. Wait, okay, hold up. So, what is what is good then? <laughs> like, like the budget, like some of some of the like set pieces and so stuff. The budget of the show is good. <laughs> no, they've got a good budget. Like okay, the you. set pieces look good. Okay, like so it, it looks, looks good. it looks good, but the acting is not like great. It's fine, and the story is like mostly garbage. So you like it in the way? <laughs> I don't know. That's just like a it moving thing. Yes. So you like it because it costs a lot of money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that's good. What's good, but I'm saying that like is clearly a film. It's clearly a film that had or uh, a TV series that has a good budget and they are doing well with it. It looks good. It's good to watch, but like story wise and character wise, I don't give a shit about it. And, And like it's infuriating because like it's a it's a show that like just time and time again just trips over its own fucking feet in an attempt to like be edgy. The show does like a lot of stuff that like I don't know, there's just like so many scenes where it's just like what's like the like it's not written from like what is a compelling story to tell. It it almost seems like it's written as like what would be the way to fuck with like the audience the most? It's yeah, like, no, effectively I think Game of Thrones is a, like a soap opera. Yeah. Like that's the point of it is that yeah, it's and, easy I mean, to talk about. It's, it's something that's that very model. You know, I feel yeah. like it's constructed in that. It's filmed in 120 Hertz or whatever. I mean, the whole thing about, uh, soap is operas really? is that no. they're meant to like run forever. So yeah. characters regularly like get amnesia, die, replaced, have like a long lost relative. I really need get, to preg- get into get, soap operas. Get pregnant and then get murdered. Well, what, what's the one where like, uh, days uh, of our lives, like a magical, like, a vampire just showed up. Dark shadows. Yeah. Like, originally that was not written with there being a vampire, right? Wasn't that a thing that, like... Oh, I have no fucking man, man. I'm pretty sure it was a thing, like, several seasons in, they just added so a vampire. The most buck and wild that took over the show. So yeah. Imagine being yeah, a writer for a soap opera is, like, just... They have to be the most overworked person because literally they film, like, every day. Yeah, you're just. I bet you're just working on like. I bet you don't make those scripts in advance too, because I bet yeah. you're like seeing what the audience thinks. And right. Which is that's again kind of job, you know. But but that's what's infuriated me about Game of Thrones. It's like they're just like, I know what we'll do. We'll have this one female character get assaulted again. And it's it's like it, yeah, I've heard that that show is shitty, and, 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 and like and they it got a little bit better in the like later seasons after well, it got basically woke because they're like oh we could. We could make we could do some profit 
you know. Yeah, well, there's that, and also like they were, are no longer working off the stories, so they can kind of just oh, make so they shit up. Be like, okay, good. Yeah. So dark shadows. Um, <laughs> to bring it back to like the idea of dreams. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the creator claimed he had a dream of a mysterious young woman on a train. And then he pitched that as a TV series idea because you could just fucking do that in the 60s. And God then um, they um, picked... Yeah, imagine allowing women to ride in trains. <laughs> all, all, only the 60s, man. <laughs> man, that's some summer of love shit. Yeah. Uh, What's next? You're going to let them drive cars? No, no, okay. Cancel the episode. Delete that. Just delete the files. <laughs> Well, they made a story. I mean, they yeah, they wrote a story around his like dream sequence, and then it was just fairly straightforward about uh, a, a woman who hadn't left her home in years, and then very soap opery. Uh, then ten months in, they just introduced a vampire. They introduced a character that was a vampire, and then from there oh. they started doing like ghosts and werewolves yeah. and they they, just magic they really shit. dove into the boo berry extended universe <laughs> yeah <laughs> get the yummy yeah money i love in there. that shit man and also like the uh terminator started because of a dream that uh james cameron had dream we know the, uh, the original make... plot for predator uh where no. that came from no like the, they like jokingly said like after rocky four like, who's Rocky going to fight next? An alien? And then, like, they just sat down. They're like, yeah, let's do a film where Rocky fights an alien. And they did Predator. So that's started as a joke. I, yeah, that's fun. I personally think that dreams are, like, one of the major sources of art. Yeah. I, in, a, in a really fascinating way. That, like, dream logic is... It approximates... Rather than being, like, a debasement of actual human reality it approximates some higher form of logic that we can't understand yeah you know and i feel like i've had dreams that i mean definitely they're like images that stand out that you can later build a story around like terminator was that he had yeah. the he like uh, had a fever and was sick and then had like a fever dream of uh a metallic skeleton crawling after him like oh, out of fire yeah. And then made that the end of the movie and launched like a franchise. Yeah. But uh, I've also like, I've dreamed movie trailers and like, like entire plots or like premises or like opening scenes. Sure. I one time dreamed a movie that starred Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. It was not Fight Club, it was yeah. a period piece about building the railroad where Brad Pitt was like one of the railroad like. Higher there will ups. be blood. Doctor Bobby Railroad. <laughs> it was Doctor Bobby Railroad. Doctor Railius Rhodes. No, I feel that. I've, I've like I've had like dreams that take the form of movies. You know, of me yeah. imagining. Yeah. Are you in seeing, them? Yeah, in a really weird, fluid way, where I will be watching. Like I had a dream the other night. I get it. Nobody gives a fuck about your dreams, but this is to illustrate the point. I had a dream where I went to see a movie. Mm-hmm. With, I, I think it was like, I forget who, with like my friends, you know, my friends always figure in my dreams, not in a weird way, but just like, they're the people who are around. I went to see a movie, and then I was in the movie, and then my friends were in the movie, and then in the movie, I went again to see a movie. Really? And like, it's just, a, I mean, 
dreams don't. So you see what you did. You did that uh, distinction so cleanly. You and did a last action hero meets in the mouth of madness. And then when yeah, uh, along those lines, like people in dreams will turn into other people. Very yeah, frequently. right. And it's the same. This is a again. Y'all should read the unconsoled. Yeah, because it's a. It really illustrates the idea that like, you're just like in a dream and like, oh yeah, this person. It's just the same, you know, like. Well, you're that's this. You turn into this person, and like, everybody. and that's what's cool about Cloud Atlas. Yeah, to bring Cloud back, Atlas like, the really Cloud, well. Cloud yeah. Atlas feels like that. Like yeah. like, yeah, it feels like a dream thing of like, oh yeah, it's the same thing happening. I couldn't tell you how it's the same, right? But it's it is the same, right? You know? And and like that's it's very much that thing where like you'll be talking to somebody, and then suddenly they will morph into somebody else, but in order to keep like a visual. Uh, Thing going, you will. You yeah, know, your brain will you just, just, I just mean, do a little bit of yellow face. It's fine. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's um, more like just your brain doesn't. You can do like distinctions that are so clear and vivid in life just sort of dissolve in the dream space. The idea of like, oh, a room is a room. Like in a in a dream, like a room is just anything is a room, and you can just be in a room and then you're in a field, and it doesn't. Yeah, what's the difference? You know. But yeah. it's it's that breaking down of distinctions that Did makes you ever see the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus? Mm-hmm. With this. yeah, I saw it. I don't remember it at all. It's, well, it's, I only bring it up because like Heath Ledger's last film, yeah, and the way they got around the fact that like he died during the filming of it was they had like Jude Law, Colin Farrell, and uh, like Tom Hanks or whoever I forget who the third person was play that character but like whenever they were in like a quote-unquote like dream realm or whatever whatever it is inside the imaginarium like they just had a different person play him yeah which is kind of a cool way to kind of get around a the fact that your like lead actor died but also like that's very dream-esque yeah i I wonder you wonder what life would be like if no teeth ledger didn't die yeah yeah no, just before like uh, exposure to media. I've never read on, but it would be interesting to read on like dreams of a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago or, or you know my, further and my further back. My impression is that dreams are pretty similar to the way they were. Yeah. That, that or at the very least, that dream logic hasn't changed. Yeah, the the, the, the mechanisms the might have just because. And like, in fact, like I don't really dream of com- computer stuff very much. You know. Dreams are typically don't, they don't get that granular in the in terms of like existing in the real yeah, world. Yeah, certainly, so it's never evolve. never a point of like, oh, I dreamed that I was using the computer. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, just, I dreamed that I was like, yeah, something weird. Accessing. I, I will. I will though. Sometimes, like, I guess, exist in this state of like uh, half awake, where I'll like grab my phone and then. I'll dream or I'll have like small dreams that I like received a certain text message or sent a certain text message and then that never actually happened. Yeah, I'll dream of like interactions that don't I've happen. I've definitely had yeah, I've I'm notorious. I say notorious like people know me for this. It doesn't make any sense. This is the only reason I know about you at yeah. all. No, but but I, I have this thing where like I will set an alarm, wake up turn that alarm off, go back to bed. Yeah. And then as I go back to bed, I'll do the thing where I'll dream that I've like going through my morning routine. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah. And that happens all the time. And I'm sure other people have had that, but that like, it's like infuriating. Cause like, you'll just be like, 
all right, ready to go. And oh, you like shit. walk, you like walk out the door and then you wake up and you're just like, yeah. oh, oh, fuck, man. I'm late. <laughs> I used to do that when I worked at the art museum, dude. I would just be like, all right, I'm here. I'm in the guard uniform. I'm ready to go. Bam. I only, like, I am not ready. I have pissed my pants. I, yeah, Whoa. I've had that a few times. I remember in like high school or college, whatever, like waking up and then thinking I actually like got through the day and then woke up and was like, Fuck, now I actually have to do that. Yeah. But I realize now that when I wake up and, or like I dream, I wake up, go back to sleep, and then dream that people are mad at me on my phone, that that's just my morning routine now. Like I have so little of a schedule that my morning routine is waking up, feeling bad about some text messages, and then going back to sleep. The best part of waking up is knowing you fucked up. <laughs> I also, the only time I like lucid dream, or the only time I'm aware I'm in a dream, is when I'm having like a very, very, very bad dream where like I did something that can never be fixed. Like I've had dreams about like crashing my car, getting really shitty tattoos, like, oh, God. <laughs> like an accident, like something terrible. Um, and then I like start to get really stressed out and really freak out. And then I'm like, wait, am I dreaming and this isn't real? Yeah. And then I'll wake myself you up. You could just I mean And it wasn't it wasn't a dream. You have a bunch of really thing. bad tattoos. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're looking at Nick right now, wait. it's covered with the worst, shittiest possible. Oh tattoo. shit. I'm recording this podcast with Post Malone. <laughs> it's a Yeah. I had a dream a while ago that I was being framed for murder. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically yeah. the murder of this guy named Joe Farish, who is like a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, not a person I know, but a person that my friend... Also Jeff a person that you definitely him. could not murder. No, like, a person just who, physically. who I don't know what he anyone. looks like. Like, it's just in my head, it was like, this is a person named Joe Farish. And I had not killed him, but the world thought that I did. And I was like, oh, I'm so stressed out. And then, you know, you get freaked out. And then it just was like, wait, hold up. Rewind the tape. Like, what? What's going on? Who? And then you're awake. You know, it's kind of you can covered in blood. The brain of being a physical object, you can like induce a chemical process that will wake you up. I guess. Oh man, that would be wild if they like they're like, oh, here's a pill that causes you to lucid dream. It could. That I'm seems not that it seems could like be some... done, but I'm saying like if you are not a soulist, like if you don't believe in the existence of a soul, if you believe simply in the existence of a person as a physical thing, if the mind is a purely physical thing, sure, that's like on the table. That's some Herbert West reanimator shit. Yeah. What I've always heard uh, consistently is that if people, if someone like regularly smokes weed and then stops, like apparently people that smoke weed that like dream less. It, if you smoke regularly, mm-hmm. you don't like remember your dreams, or if you don't have dreams, and then if you quit or stop for a while, like the dreams will come back and be very intensely weird. I've heard. I mean, this is a whole thing. I'm not saying I'm not buying into this necessarily, but it's the whole thing with withdrawal symptoms is that you have very strange, vivid dreams, yeah. which is not like obviously. I, I don't know if I believe in the phenomenon of marijuana addiction, but if you stop using like uh, an alcoholic who stops drinking will have weird dreams. Yeah, it's just a thing. Your mind is 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 essentially being like, "Hey, what the fuck? You know what what the fuck's happening? You know." Same as like when you're sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. just like th- your mind is like disordered in that moment, mm-hmm. and it's asking you what's up. 
Um, yeah. Well, it, or like uh, certain uh, like when I was on amp when I tried uh, Ambien, Ambien to yeah. help me sleep. Uh, if I didn't go to sleep at a certain point, my dreams would just start. That's oh, the, that's shit. the thing about that's the thing about that like, is I was so fucked up. I, I would be awake and then like close my eyes and it's just like I'm intensely in this like dream and then I open them back up. Oh my or God. or it just like puts you in a in a state that everything feels feels really really surreal. Yeah. If yeah. you stay awake, I know that like 27 hours without sleep or like 27 30 hours without sleep is like right around the point that your brain just like is like. Now I'm going to bed. Yeah. So like you'll start to like hallucinate or have like I've always wanted, I've always wanted to do that and but I'm worried that I couldn't control it effectively, but I've always wanted to like stay up for a certain amount of time just to see what happened. Yeah. Ambien is a wild thing. Like, I, dude, I worry about just, shit like just that. Take some ambient and then oh. stay awake. And it, oh, I man. did that. I didn't even like intentionally try and stay awake. It was just uh, I worked at a coffee shop at the time and drank way too much caffeine too late and didn't put that together. But I got like a short term Ambien prescription. And I remember one time I still couldn't sleep and I was just awake. And I did wind up staring at myself in the mirror for like an hour. Oh, hell. Yeah. I had a, a friend who applied for a couple jobs. Uh, didn't put an offer in on a house, but applied to get a loan to purchase a house in like California <laughs> while she was on Ambien. And it's Holy just like, shit. it's like one of those things where it's just like your, your brain kind of shuts down, but your body still goes. Yeah. And just kind of like does a thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember having an almost religious experience when I was taking a ton of Sudafed. I, I got sick or something. And I was like, Went to bed, but it was a similar thing where I had caffeine, and I was listening to Sonny Rollins live at Village Vanguard, and I was just like, like plastered to the wall, like just I couldn't believe what the fuck I was hearing. You know, I it was unbelievable to me, and I I don't know what exactly I thought I was hearing, but it was just like Sonny Rollins is great, but I was having a trip of some sort. It was kind of a weird thing. The the wildest like the craziest thing that's ever happened to me was when I had my back surgery I they like give you morphine yeah and they, I they give you a whole new back they give you a morphine drip and I did not respond well to it like they had to put me on a machine that would beep to keep me awake because I stopped breathing oh so I was just no awake and on morphine and like walking around like carrying both these machines because I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep and then eventually the uh, like one of the nurses came I think she was like off duty because she couldn't say this but she was like she talked to my parents and said that I was acting immediately like an addict and that I couldn't handle it that like I was clearly very sensitive to this and I was not having a normal reaction and she was like I know he's like five four days from the surgery but he like can't be on this so they put me on like Tylenol and codeine after that which is Way less, like ten and all three. Yeah. And so I was like, I hadn't slept, I hadn't ate, and I was now like coming down from doing morphine consistently for like yeah. five days. And I remember, um, are you familiar with Roxo the Rock and Roll Clown from Metalocalypse? I'm so glad that I am not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, his catchphrase is I do cocaine. Yeah. Okay. He's basically a David Lee Roth parody that l- dresses like a clown. Um, I 
was I don't know fourteen or fifteen at the time, and I had watched Metalocalypse. Big, a lot. big Metalocalypse fan. Yeah, prime, I had prime I had hours. I do cocaine like on a loop in my head for what <laughs> felt like an eternity. <laughs> I thought that my brain was broken, and I remember thinking, "This is the only thing I'm gonna think for the rest of my life." <laughs> Holy shit. And I was having like visual hallucinations. I was um, like going in and out of dreams constantly. It would just be like one dream, and then suddenly I'd be awake and realize where I was, and then go back. And then when I was awake, I remember going to the uh, library they have there, and my mom was like, "What do you want to watch?" And I said, "Let's watch Wild Hogs." <laughs> so, oh man, that but, is drug use. Thinking so, <laughs> about Wild Hogs set in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, it open well. It opens in Cincinnati, but yeah. So because they were like, let's find the worst fucking dumbest place in the universe to put our stupid movie. Yeah, I love Cincinnati. I hate Wild Hogs. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, I remember watching like admittedly this was five days that I did. Well, I guess five days doing morphine like all the time, That's and then enough, suddenly man. not doing For it. For real, that's enough. It yeah. did like that scene in uh, Train Spotting where he's like coming down and there's like a baby, the baby on the roof. Yeah, it, I watched Train Spotting later and it like does capture just how fucking surreal and like violent, scary like hallucinations. At least I had that. I, I mean, I barely remember. I don't remember Wild Hogs at all. But now I know I can never do opiates because I'll watch fucking Wild Hogs again. Yeah. I yeah, hallucinations are a thing that scare the shit out of me. The idea of having one. Well, like yeah, and uh, what's it? Shadow people. Yeah. When you have that's the thing that I mean that to me is the that is the thing that scares me the most on the planet. And I honestly don't know if I've ever experienced that or if like I've just heard about it enough and imagined experiencing it. Like I don't remember that fear. I do remember having like very temporary like sleep paralysis. But a lot of people I, experience it without having the um, the terror. The terror. The the there's a specific the idea of the shadow people is a specific category of hallucination that you have. I mean, yeah. I, I you know hallucination is what is medically accepted. You know, and I feel like as an explanation, that's a lot of the reason people believe in like supernatural things. Yeah, it's because well, this like a these, whole. If you get in this state, you have these crazy fucking wild hallucinations. And it's like enough, they feel so real that like, of course, you come to and you're going to think that you had a supernatural experience. I've been watching a lot of Unsolved Mysteries and it's always people that wake up and they're like, um, I woke up and like a ghost was over me in the middle of the night or like a demon was watching me from the corner of the room. And, and really what's probably happening is that you're just imagining human forms, yeah. but your brain isn't really sure how to reconstruct yeah. them. Well, that's what they say. Also, the thing about shadow people is like when you're going through the day and you think like you see someone out of the corner of your eye and then you look and there's no one there. That's like the shadow people and there's like a mythology built around it. Yeah. But really, it's just like it's like when you find a face in like the grass, like, yeah. it's just your brain is built in a way to to, to <laughs> replicate patterns and like, yeah. That's what we all tell ourselves, at least. I remember being uh, a teenager and then, like, getting stoned in the woods with friends because I was a teenager. And at the time, I was very afraid. I was really, I don't know. It was something with, like, 
Brian Peppers, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. I'm a God, Are you yeah. a Pepper? Like, no, whenever I would see, like, a photo of him, like, it bothered me a lot. Like, yeah, sure. I just... And I remember, like, really freaking myself out because we were walking back and I, like, looked down at the grass and saw, like, Brian Pepper's face. Or, like, it yeah. just brought it to mind out of nowhere. That's, yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, it's the kind of thing, like... I think I had a dream about Brian Pepper's once, even. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be surprised if you didn't, if, if it disturbed you that much. Yeah, I think I like was in a hospital or like he was just being like in a wheelchair down a hallway and I like immediately woke up. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing where like certain images disturb you for reasons that you don't, you couldn't put a name to. Like you just, just the existence of like something is just like, that's so fucked up. And yeah. then, I mean, that's all that creepy pasta shit too. Of like all those like weird photos that have been like, yeah, doctored in some way to be yeah. like like the dog, the smiling dog, that JPEG or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know about that. There's one thing that I used to, you know, during that time, I went on like slash x slash the paranormal 4chan board, and there was like one photo of some like figure that I know was Photoshop. But still, there's something about like the fear I felt yeah. when I saw that. That like I was I never that's part of the reason like I never went back there. And I won't read creepypasta. Because of that. Okay, we're looking at the smiling dog. I don't know if I get it, but okay. Well, since we're now looking at photos while we're recording the podcast, <laughs> uh like a bad yeah. dream that Yeah, but that 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 sort of feeling is like a lot of shit gives me... You know, I was talking about that, yeah. that thing of, like, seeing shit and, like... I just a lot of shit gives me that feeling. Really? It's, like, a lot of weirdness. But, yeah. Now it's going to be our Halloween episode. So we're going to dive into... Sorry, creepy every, pasta. Creepy, every time people pasta. hang out with me too much, I, I'm the Halloween episode of all of your friends. <laughs> but... Or it's, like, the, um... You know, the fear of the lotus blossom? No. Oh, yeah, the... Yeah, the... Uh, it's like that. Yeah. It's just something... That used to bother me. you on some weird spiritual level. And I always feel so bad about Brian Peppers because, like, that's a man with just, like... He's a, a guy with a story. A disease. Yeah. yeah. Like, or that, wasn't he, like, a rapist or something? He, I mean, he was, like, charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason that photo was taken is that he was charged with, like, sexually assaulting a uh, nurse. Yeah. But also, like, his family defended and said, like, he has no idea what he's doing. And I don't know yeah, the legitimacy so. of, of yeah. Any certainly, of that. it's not anything that you actually cared about when you were like fucking eleven or twelve years. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, this guy looks weird. And also, to read me further about it, I have to Google it and then <laughs> yeah, feel you know, that terror. Yeah, yeah, deal with it. So, yeah, that weird. Wow. Well, like a bad, terrifying dream that uh, we should wake up from. Let's realize yeah. we're dreaming and in this episode. Sure. Is that a good transition? You're dreaming. Think. 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 Check us out on. Yeah, does anyone want to plug hey. anything? Patreon? I don't have anything to plug. How about your Patreon? No, I'm just kidding. I have a lot of shit to plug. I'm in a band. Uh, the band is... Ah, oh, shit. I'm going to have to do this whole thing. All right. The band I'm in is called Silas Choice. We release a lot of music, and we have a Patreon page where you can sign up, and for the low, low price of like a dollar a month, you can hear like me put out one song every week. Even if you hate the songs, it's like 12 bucks. Just like, it's really... You might like one of them. Completely worth it in my opinion, and I'm working on cool shit, like an archive of the Silas Choice. I haven't really done a great job selling this Patreon. It's it's good. John, support John, the Patreon. John, John will if email you stuff where he's just like losing his shit over 
a chord progression, and it's cool to get yeah uh, an, an, an inner it's look a lot of into content it. for very little money. If you're into that, and if you are into music, and you know, check or, it out. or helping John get a bond me, or yeah, help me get a bond me, uh, or if you have any leads on like a job <laughs> or something, that would be super cool. John's looking to get a job as a construction to, foreman. Just anything kind of menial would be be pretty nice. So, uh, you know, hire me if if you're feeling that. Okay. Paul? Uh, we're the band that I'm in. I'm not even going to mention the yeah, name upstairs. at this point. Damn it. Uh, what the fuck is with you? Why would you not want to mention not the, say name the name of the band that it's we're in? People, it's 9-11, make a wish. Um... Uh, too late. You missed Hashtag it. God bless. Uh, we're uh, in a band called Upstairs. We're playing Labor Day. We're playing Labor Day at the Comet. We don't know with who at the moment. <laughs> we're trying to figure Could that be out. Anyone come to the Comet? Find yeah. Out. If you want to play with upstairs, if you yeah. want to play with upstairs well, on, on Labor Day Point at the Comet, like hit us up. Because like, because yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone else. Look, statistically, you live within ten miles of the Comet, so just come come through. Yeah, It'll be a fun time. We got an EP out. On oh yeah, we did just put on EP Spotify and Bandcamp and all relevant title. Things. Our asses in the jackpot now. We it's can't a classic record. We can't advertise it on Facebook because the word ass is in there. <laughs> they won't let us advertise it. We can't. We we tried everything. So our new EP, our fuck is in the jackpot now available now. So our, now you have to advertise the EP two and a half hours into yeah, an episode yeah. of a podcast. Our, it's, our, on title. it's on title. It's on title. Half of the podcast listener base is in the band. That's yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. That's true. Fuck. Damn. Yeah, shit. I can't believe you'd own me like this on our own podcast. <laughs> uh Harold? Yeah. Nothing? Alright. Uh I get a you know, theme Patreon. Patreon.com slash yeah, theme. I, I can say this because I'm not I'm I don't operate the thing Patreon. It's a good idea to it's a good idea to throw your friends some bucks on Patreon because we are slowly moving towards a feudal model again. <laughs> Where like anybody who does anything remotely creative is gonna have to depend on the charity of their friends. I also need a job. <laughs> if you have jobs, hit Nick or I up. We're also, good at different things. If you just have like heavy weight paper and a printer I can use to print out a res like a stack of resumes on. Oh, I got a printer you can use, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, uh, here's what I will say. Jeff has this weird idea that he's gonna open up a bar. Okay. So you and John could be the bartenders at this bar. Okay, that seems like a thing that you both could feasibly do. Well, I hope all everybody in Clifton loves gin fizz because that's the only drink I know how to make. No, but you think anybody in Clifton's getting anything but that, like a fucking Yingling or PBR? Yeah, like a soda, gin, gin and tonic. tonic. I could go on. Yep. Vodka and okay, let's not name all the cocktails. Uh, also, check out The Fire Escape on Radio Artifact every the Saturday one with at Tom 5. Cruise. Radio the, Artifact. The Radio next episode. Radio Radio. Monday, Monday, Monday. It's Radio <laughs> Artifact. That's not one of the Fire Escape errors. <laughs> nope. Saturday, Saturday, five. Saturday. Saturday. It's, it's Saturday at 5 p.m. Come on and tune in to radio. This is my Beetlejuice voice. It's a bad Beetlejuice. You're attention, not game, man, Randy attention game art shoppers. <laughs> okay. Let's, hey, this podcast has gone on way too long. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's think. Uh, <laughs> it's th- thank. 
Thanks for thanking. Thanks for thanking. <laughs> Thanks for thanking of us. It's like bank, but it's with the bank. Get some of that. Like an ank. Give me some of that thank stuff. Yeah, yeah, show me the thank. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>